The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their over-under game. Just head on over to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit of up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app to your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Episode 147 It's going to go out to my favorite high school baseball team who is embarking on the state um, playoffs, baseball playoffs, yeah, state playoffs next week, and they're looking to repeat as state champions, so can they really overcome the horrible coaching two years in a row? We'll have to wait and see. I will keep you updated, though. So good luck to those boys, children men i mean good lucks and whatnots i would be jeff jeff box the determined jeff box is my nickname this week someone's nicknamed that maybe on this card i got that nickname for somewhere because i still nicknames but anyhow i am the determined jeff box i'm not el jefe which would be a bit too on the mark for me oh yes i see it in front of me now the determined we'll we'll get to who really is the determined soon enough um thank you for coming to the podcast and if you haven't seen already we have a twitter feed for this podcast now mma gambling podcast twitter feed make sure you subscribe to that um it promises chunky guy talk so that's what we all come here for talk about chunky guys so make sure you subscribe to that on twitter all right let's bring in the man who's running that that their twitter handle you may know him as gumby or danny or daniel he's daniel i think we call him daniel here yeah daniel gumby vreeland hello so first of all, the determined is Dan Argeta, which you would it uh, is. Ev- you knew that. everybody would already know that if they watched uh, the Ultimate Fighter, because uh, he's <laughs> he's an Ultimate Fighter cast off from what season a 29. horrible nickname. Um, and then the on top of that, too, if, if you're gonna plug the new Twitter account, uh, which yep. by the way, uh, you should plug the new Twitter account, and I'm glad you did. At least give them the handle. It's at SGPN MMA. Uh, oh, is it okay? SGPN MMA. So make sure you guys. Uh, go ahead and follow that. We are about one day into operation at the time of taping this. So uh, make sure you head on over there and get in on the ground floor. Look like you're the cool new kids doing the, what all the cool new kids do. And tell tell all your friends and enemies and grandmas and relatives to make sure they follow it as well. Yeah, that way, we can, that, that way we can beat all the other podcasts on the SGPN feeds too so that we, we look extra fancy and whatnot. Friendly, friendly competition. We're already at, what, 26,000 followers, I think? Yeah. <laughs> Rough, add, roughly add, add in a, a couple zeros at the end of that or rough, three zeros roughly that yeah yeah roughly that. <laughs> the 26 part i think i might have got right the rest i may be i may be uh, exaggerating but soon enough soon enough one you got to crawl before you walk or something like that so even though some kids don't crawl before they walk some kids just walk so take that whoever made up that expression so how's it going daniel anything we need to discuss before we hop into this 14 fight lineup you know i love the long fight lineups for pointless fight night cards i actually i actually don't think there's all that much in the way of news i mean like a couple of like uh easy bookings for ufc in long island and ufc paris but nothing nothing pressing that comes before 
listening to you try to say some of the names on this card. <laughs> they are, there are some fun ones on this card. Um, there are lots of fun names on this here card. Um, yeah, and it's it. You know how friggin' long it takes me to prepare for fourteen fight <laughs> fight night cards is insane. It takes hours to do all the research for it. It's all that for you, you lovely listeners. It, do they really have to have? I've not complained about this before, but do we really need five and six hour fight night cards? But anyhow, I know the the TV companies need their content hashtag content. So, all right, if there's no news, then we may as well just hop right into this here card. After I tell you about some of our news, we of course have news from our sponsors, like Win, for instance. Make sure to get down on the wins about fifty dollars win two hundred dollar promotion, where fifty dollar bet qualifies you for up to two hundred dollars in free bets. Plus, here we go. Bet $500 plus on sports or casino before July 31st of this year, and you get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Holy moly, your entire league. Multiple entries allowed. If a patron wagers $1,000 on sports, they are eligible for two entries into the prize draw. Wow, what a contest that is. And plus, there's also so much to choose from over at Win. All you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit winnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And if you like giveaways, SGPN is giving away money again out of Daniel's pocket. SGPN, NBA Finals Contest. SGPN is giving away $500 right off of Dan's next month pay in their NBA Finals Prop Contest. Completely free to enter and exclusively on the SGPN app, so make sure you download that. Download the app, hit the contest tab, and get your entry in before the NBA Finals starts on Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, I believe. Now, finally, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fast-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. All the SGPN boys and gals do. It's a game-changer product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now... You can make money on Sleeper, too, by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, a number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about the over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's instantly fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. And now Dan's going to give you picks. I guess, you, uh, I guess you're prepared by now at this yeah, point. Are I, you prepared? I, I can probably prepare myself. So oh, I'm probably. Take, uh, so you're not prepared. I'm going to take uh, Shohei Otani strikeouts tomorrow. So tomorrow being Thursday, because we're obviously recording this on Wednesday. And I'm going to say... Uh, just because he's gotten a little bit hot lately. I'll also take the over on uh, Joey Votto hits uh, because they're playing Washington in a uh, pretty terrible right-handed pitcher in Jonah Doan, uh, who is like a seven ERA or some shit like that. So I'll take, uh, I'll take the over on, on Joey Votto hits and the over on, uh, what did I say before? Otani strikeouts. So I should take Votto off the bench and put him in the, uh, starting lineup from in my fantasy team. He's, he's low key been really hot he's since he came all back right. from that injury. Since he came just, back from that injury, yeah, just a few hits. Nothing like he's not like raking or anything ridiculous like that. Not a whole. I thought like we were thinking this was like going to be a forty home run year for him because he changed his swing and everything last year. But that has not played out. Less. I mean, he's how old is he? I'm. Not, I wasn't thinking of a forty home run season for a dude that old. <laughs> no, I, I thought we said something like that because didn't he hit thirty something last year? 
Yeah, he, he did have a surprisingly good year yeah. last year. I, I expected a tad bit of regression. But but anyway, Canadian, Canadians don't regress. <laughs> Canadians do not regress. So, And this is not a Joey Votto podcast, but it would be fun if it was. It would be. He's a, Especially he's if we delight. had him on. Oh, yeah. He, he's, a, he's a good old Canadian weirdo. Um, all right. I got more to tell you about Sleeper. All right. We told you over under. Dan gave you your picks, even though we're not tracking them to know if he's giving you good picks or not. We'll just assume he is. Okay. Here's what you got to do. Dear listeners on your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad and get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. All right. Let's get down to business. We got UFC Fight Night Volkov versus Rosenstroik, a.k.a. UFC Vegas 56, a.k.a. UFC Fight Night 207, a.k.a. UFC and ESPN Plus 65. Do we really need all those titles? No. No, just Vegas uh, 56. Vegas 56 is the one I will I go with in all my articles. Some I, I'll, I'll say the name too, Volkov versus Rosenstrike. All right, I got start times for you guys and gals because there's one and a half women listening at least. Um, main, uh, do prelims, of course. 1 p.m. Eastern. Hey, hey, it's an early one, Dan. That's always good news. 1 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Plus. 4 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Plus. And it'll... Well, it's, it'll probably go right to the middle of the night anyhow, but it's because it's uh, got a lot of fights on the card. But nonetheless, um, that is what we got. Um, is there any news on the card I need to let you know about? A um, couple, couple last-minute replacements got put in, but uh, we'll mention that as as we go uh, through the picks. We're going to start off with the people's main event, Dan. Women's flyweight, Aaron Blanchfield versus J.J. Aldrich. I, I said on Twitter, that, uh, sorry, Reddit, that this is the – someone said uh, – El Jefe's fight was the people's main event. I said, no, this is the people's main event. Yeah, I, I think I like this one uh, probably the best out of all of them. Mostly just because I want to see Blanchfield again. But uh, I would say El Jefe's fight is like closer in skill level. And I'll yeah, also no. say there's a couple other ones in there that may low-key wind up barn burners too, which we'll we'll get to later on. That was that was the argument uh, that someone gave me about um, this Blanchfield fight. It's um, no one uh, expects JJ Aldrich to beat Aaron Blanchfield in their flyweight fight, but we should see. I think this is a logical, reasonable step up in competition for Blanchfield, right? For her career. Uh, I mean, I I think she could do a much bigger step up personally, but I yeah. think you know the fact that she's as young as she is, they're just trying to avoid like the steep step up that like shocked her in some way, shape or form. So yeah, like this one makes sense for that. And in Aldrich Loki has like a couple of wins in a row that I think people forget about. Yeah. Let me tell, let me t- read you her, uh, read all of you, her resume and you'll, you shall see this is a, a definitely a step up for, for Blanchfield. So Aldridge is 11 and four with two knockouts. Oh, she has the same initials as I do. So that's one positive for her. Um, the JJ part. Uh, she's been knocked out once, submitted once. She's seven and three in the UFC. Nothing this needs about there. Basically, she's done all of her growing up uh, on the big stage because she's fought three times in Invicta, ten times in the UFC. So basically, all of her fights have been on the big stage. So seven and three in UFC, which is very, very low key, good record that most people would not guess that she's seven and three. She's won three straight and four or five. Used to fight at straw weight, two and one in Invicta, one and one on the Ultimate Fighter. Dan's favorite thing in the world. Uh, inch taller, inch reach on Blanchfield. Despite all this, plus 425. So that, that doesn't really speak to uh, Aldrich's skills. It speaks to how good cold-blooded Aaron Blanchfield is and, and how well thought of she is. She's 8-1 as a pro, two knockouts, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. 2-0 and in UFC, 4-1 and in Invicta. Who did she lose to in Invicta? I can't she lost to Tracy, Tracy Cortez, who she okay. didn't actually lose to. Oh, John's girlfriend, <laughs> right. All right, well, if John's girlfriend beat her, that's, that's fine. 
Uh, she's won five street fights. She's a grappling champ. That's probably an understatement. Yeah, she's a grappling champ. Although I mean, like I guess she, I think she's only won one. I think she won an Eddie Bravo, and that was it. I think she she won an Eddie ones. Bravo Invitational at, at like a, I believe she won it at uh, flyweight and yeah. uh, against like a whole bunch of black belts when she was a purple too. So, yeah. uh, you know, in, impressive. But you know, they're they're bigger tournaments than EBI Invitationals. Yeah. Don't you hate purple belts? Aren't they the worst? Yeah, they're the, they're terrible. Especially when they've been purple belts for years and years and years. <laughs> and, and they blame the pandemic for why they're still a purple belt. Yeah, we can blame whatever you want. <laughs> All right. Um, that's purple is far higher than I. I'm not even a white belt. So there you go. Uh, she's seven years younger than Allrich. Striking stats in her favor. Uh, 1.4 times more active landing strikes, if you want to be exact. So she's got striking, uh, striking stats plus the more active striking on her side. Plus grappling, obviously. Um, not just um, her accolades, but also the stat wise, her grappling is on her side minus 600. So I think we're both going to take Blanchfield, but Dan's going to uh, maybe we're not actually going to bet on Blanchfield because that's a steep number, but Dan's going to uh, break it down for you, regardless. Yeah, whether or not I, I like any of the prop bets or stuff on Blanchfield, yeah, like I, I don't love it as a, a straight up bet here, but I, I do love her as a pick right like she she should have no issues dealing with jj aldrich she should take her down 800 times at will whenever she wants and sub her like you know no offense here to jillian robertson but like jillian robertson surrendered a takedown or uh jj aldrich surrendered a takedown to jillian roberts uh robertson who is not particularly a good grappler she also gave one up to lauren muller uh actually the only takedown attempt lauren muller uh attempted in that fight She's given up takedowns to Pauliata Viana. Like, granted, her takedown percentage in the defensive side is pretty good. But just, like, Aaron Blanchfield's a different animal when it comes to grappling. And, like, of all of the fighters she's fought, a lot of them have good jujitsu, but very few of them have good wrestling. Um, and so, like, you know, I just kind of expect Blanchfield to just be on top at all times in this fight. I mean, she was able to take Miranda Maverick down as many times as she was she could. Uh, I, I don't think J.J. Aldrich is going to give her any trouble there. So, yeah, I, I like Blanchfield. I know she hasn't gotten a lot of finishes either, but, like, I wouldn't be crazy shocked if she was able to get a TKO or a sub in there. She does have good sub skills. It wouldn't surprise me that she just had enough top time that eventually, like, they called a stop to it when she just rained down punches. So, um, yeah, like, I, I'm taking Blanchfield here and and maybe keeping an eye on props. Yeah, Blanchfield, three finishes in her eight career wins, two knockouts, one submission. Aldridge, uh, half of her four losses have come via finish, one knockout, one submission. So you don't get a hack. You get less finishes at the lighter weight classes and lighter female weight classes. But, hey, Dan's throwing it out there. You never know. If you want to get a better number, you may want to uh, want to um, think about that. All right, now, now for some fun names. Uh, two middleweights go fighting at welterweight for some reason. Uh, Andreas Michaelitis. I know how to say his name, Dan, because he's fought before. We've talked about him. Renat, is it Renat? Is it a hard T at the end of that? This name, Dan. It's, it's Renat. 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 Yep. Not. Okay. Fakretinov. <laughs> Fakretinov. Fakretinov. That's what it the is. Way, the way you slowly <laughs> went through that first. Because I hadn't said it before. I should have practiced that one. No, I don't practice. That, that's part of my. Uh, Fakretinov. That's part of my endearing um, charm uh, as host here. I don't practice these names in advance. Okay, say the full name for us. It's Renat Fakradinov. How do you know that? 
uh, because I'd seen him fight a bunch of times. <laughs> did you ask John Anik how to say it or something? I didn't. Seen him fight, I did. Really? I did. Yeah, okay, he he's... fought for um, he he fought for Brave, I believe, back right. in the day. Um, at least I, I think that's where I remember seeing him. If it wasn't Brave, it was probably um, what's the other one that's kind of like Brave and in the Middle East? Is it UAE Warriors? That's kind of yeah. close to that. Um, okay. see, he he fought for one of those. I remember watching him. Apparently he's very good because I'll, I'll, re, I'll read you the, the breakdown here on the odds. Um, so we'll talk about Michaelitis first. He is the Spartan, 13 and 5, seven knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out five times. So that is the way to get to him. Knock him out. All of his losses have come that way. He's one and two in the UFC. He's gone loss, win, loss. Kind of a difficult strength of schedule, though. Uh, he got TKO'd his last fight. Used to fight at light heavyweight, used to fight at middleweight. For some reason, both these guys are middleweights and they're fighting at welterweight. Do you know the reasoning behind that? Uh, I think Pogba Dinoff is just like planned on moving down a whole bunch of times. Um, like I, I know he's not, he's not a super huge guy. Like if you see a picture yeah. of him, like he, he's, I mean, he's tall, but he's also fought down at, at welterweight before. Okay. And like w- when he is at middleweight, he doesn't look like, like menacing or like he's, he's enormous. So yeah, like uh, I, I think that largely has to do with it. Okay. But this Michaelitis, this is probably quite the jump down for him though, because he was that light heavyweight not too long ago. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that one was a short notice fight. He is naturally a middleweight, yeah, so this yeah. this is a move down, but I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's two divisions. Okay, uh, he's a multi regional champion. He's all was all one in Bellator. He made his pro debut in 2009, plus 230. All right, Fakhratinov, he's a gladiator, Dan. So we have the Spartan versus the gladiator. Uh, he's 18 and one, 11 knockouts, five submissions, never been finished in a fight. This is his USD debut. He's won 17 straight fights. Used to fight at middleweight. As I said, I uh, don't have reach info. We don't have reach info for him. So I'm not sure, um, if there's a reach difference between these two guys, there's not a height difference, um, at all. He's three years younger than Michaelitis minus 290. So tell us what you know about him and tell us about this fight. So Fakhr Dinov is is just a guy who looks like he's got all the skills you would expect from somebody in his part of the world. He's also like a a pretty damn good striker, uh, despite the fact that, like, you know, you'd kind of expect him to be a a grappling kind of guy um, coming from from Russia. And he is like an actually Russian dude. Um, Actually, I, I take that back. If I'm not mistaken, he comes from. Oh, he's from like a small. Like a. Turk is he a Turk the first Turk in the UFC something like that anyway um isn't everything Russia over there now it, it's all Russia but like he, he he's <laughs> like the first of a uh ethnic group of people who have not made it to the UFC ever before so I feel like I'm um leaving it out not knowing that but anyway back to my original point he's a good grappler he does exactly what you'd expect from a guy out of that part of the world however he's also got crazy good hands um, the fight I was mentioning, which was either in Brave or UAE Warriors, I can't remember which one. He knocked out Eric Spicely in like a minute or, or yeah, less. Last night. Yeah, and, and like that alone, it's like it's worth noting because Spicely, you know, not known as being a boxer, but at the same time, like a guy who's pretty damn durable in there and just like absolutely got slept in a violent way. You could probably find the knockout out there somewhere. So yeah, Fakhr Dinov, I think is just a better boxer here than Michaelitis. Michaelitis is a guy who got outstruck by Modestus Bukoskis and, you know, didn't look particularly fast in that fight. And let, let's face it, if you don't look fast at light heavyweight and then you go down two weight classes, <laughs> you're going to look you're going to look ridiculously slow. So, yeah, um, Michaelitis, I expect, is just going to be a slower, worse boxer here and doesn't have the wrestling advantage either. So, yeah, Fakhr Dinov seems like a pretty easy pick. All right, 
I will ride along with it. I have not seen him fight, but he has a very nice resume, so I will ride with it. All right, we go drop down to flyweights. Double Z, Zalgas Zumagula versus El Jefe, Jeff Molina. Um, so we got Zacco versus El Jefe. El Jefe on the, was he on Top Turtle this week? He, was, he was not. Okay. Um, it was, no, it was, it was someone else coming up. Never mind. It was not him. There are actually two people coming up, right? Correct. Yes. Always, right. always two. Always two. Yes. All right. Um, let's tell you about Zacco. Double Z, I think is a better enough name. He's 14 to six, seven knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out twice. He's one in three in the UFC. Got TKO at his last fight. He was the FNG Fight Nights Global Champion before this. Used to fight up at Bantamweight. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 150. El Jefe, 10 and two. Four knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted once. Two and all in the UFC. Won his last fight via TKO. He also is one and all in the contender series. This is all part of a nine fight winning streak that he's currently on. Used to fight at Bantamweight. Two inches taller than Zumagulov, three inches of reach, nine years younger, which I think makes a big difference at a uh, small weight class like this. So he almost lands twice as many strikes as Zumagulov, uh, 1.9 to be exact, minus 180. I haven't made a pick first. El Jefe, obviously, is my pick here. Bigger, younger, better, better striker, more active striker, better name. He's my pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Molina too. The, the thing about Zumagulov is, is just like, I think he's got some really good skills in there. I, I just see him as like a very low fight IQ guy. Cause there are times where he just fights the fight. His opponent wants to fight. Um, and, and like, it got him into trouble with Manel cap. Uh, it got him into trouble a little bit with Amir Albazi and like with Jeff Molina, could he take him down? Maybe. Yeah. He might be able to take him down, but at the end of the day, like Molina's going to get back up. He's a smart fighter. He's, Got that James Krause uh, yelling in his ear, telling him not to settle in a position on the ground. Also, you know, you mentioned Shumagulov is, is one in three in the UFC. His only win is to Jerome Rivera, who, if I'm not mistaken, went 0-4 or 5 in the UFC before they let yeah, him go. So, yeah, it wasn't good. Um, yeah, I, I think Shumagulov's got some real skills and could definitely, like, hold somebody down. But I don't think uh, Jeff Molina's one of those people he can hold down. So, yeah, I, I'm on Jeff Molina in this one, too. Yeah, we, we don't fade James Cross fighters uh, around these parts very, very often, unless there's a very good reason to. So El Jefe is the pick. All right. Um, we are cruising along with all the same picks so far. Bantamweight, Tony Gravely versus Johnny Munoz Jr. And we're going to match up on this one, too, because I heard someone talking about this fighter already on a Top Turtle MMA podcast. All right. Uh, so we got Munoz, his kid, Kevembo. Do we, do we have the origin story of that? I mean, I, I, I do. I always know who Kid Kavenbo is. Yeah, Kid uh, Kavenbo is his uh, one of his grandpa's uh, surnames. Uh, Kavenbo is at least, um, and so like to honor that side of his family, uh, which uh, obviously he doesn't carry the last name of. Right. Uh, he honors that side of his family by going by the nickname Kid Kavenbo. It's like the even the Gracies whose last name really isn't Gracie, they go by Gracie. Similar it's, to that. Is that true? Like, I, I don't actually know that there, to be true. I'm um, thinking the guy in um, in Bellator, I believe, it's his mom that's a Gracie, but he goes, so instead of taking his dad's name, he goes by, what, who's who's the Bellator guy? Why am I blanking on it? I mean, Bellator loves rolling out a couple of Gracies. Yes. It... No, the, the one that actually was good, though. Oh, um, um, the middleweight you're talking about. Yes. Why, why yes. is his name escaping me? I, the one who beat yeah, Ed exactly. Ruth? Yeah, Neiman. Yeah, Neiman Gracie. Yes. 
Yes, I, I think yeah. his mom is a Gracie, but he's so his real his last name is not Gracie, but he goes by Gracie. So, anyhow, oh, weird. Uh, how many fingers does this grandparent, the Kavembo grandparent, have? Dan, do you know? I, b- I believe they had all of them. Yeah. Okay. This is the callback. This, this is just for the the Jongs, the super fans of the world, know what I'm talking about there. All right, let's break it down. We've wasted enough time. Uh, Munoz, eleven and one, two knockouts, seven submissions. He's never been finishing a fight. One and one in the UFC. He lost his debut, then won his last fight via submission. Four inches taller than Gravely, two inches of reach, two years younger, one point four times more active landing strikes. I'm very precise this week. Plus one twelve. Plus one twelve for him. Yeah. Uh, under, underdog money there. Gravely, 22 and 7, nine knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked at once, submitted five times. So, hey, he's been submitted five times, and Kid Kabembo's submitted seven people. Hmm. Um, Gravely, three and two in the UFC, won his last fight. I think he screwed us over his last fight, didn't he? Or he screwed me over at least. I, maybe you had him picked. Tony, oh, in the Simon Oliveira fight. Yeah, yeah. no, I definitely both picked Simon Oliveira. I think yeah, I picked okay. Simon Oliveira. Yeah. I think, I think we both did. All right. So we don't like this guy because of that. Uh, one known the contender series, multiple regional championships on his mantle. There, another another callback for all you hardcore. Uh, used to fight at featherweight. Grappling stats in his favor minus one thirty five. Go ahead. Yeah, I I think you alluded to it. I, I'm going to yes. take Johnny Munoz here. In part of the reason is what you mentioned about the fact that that Tony Gravely has lost a bunch of times by submission, but. Yeah. I, I would also just say, like, the other thing that you'll notice about Tony Gravely and his losses, especially his two in the UFC, it, is his cardio is a huge liability. Um, yeah. in, in that Nate Manis fight, he pretty much had Nate Manis knocked out in the first round, which, by the way, is no small feat. Uh, it's really impressive. He came out in the second round and looked like he didn't want to be in there, and Manis finished him almost immediately after that. Like, it, I think it took him two minutes into the second round for him to finish gravely after that. And also, Manis, not a huge punching threat most of the time. Like, he's a wrestler and a pretty damn good wrestler, but, like, he came out and just, like, was like, that's cute. Tony Gravely's completely cooked after that first round. And, like, similar in the Brett Johns fight, like, he wrestled with Brett Johns a little bit too much, which wound up being a mistake. And, you know, I, I think Johnny Munoz has got enough of a wrestling base here that he just stuffs or at least wears out Tony Gravely early and everything starts to pile on in the later round. So, yeah, I, I like uh, I like Kid Kavembo in this one as well. Yeah, this is exactly what that wise person I listened to on that other podcast said about the gas tanks. That's what helped, helped me make my pick. So you must have listened to that podcast too. Yeah, he's a, he's a smart guy, that guy. He's a very smart guy. Very handsome too, from what I hear. All right, lightweights. <laughs> Benoit. Was it Benoit though, or is it Benoit? Do they call him Benoit or Benoit? It's, it's, so it's, it's when we were, we're talking about Ryan it's annoying. Yes. But yes, when we're talking about Benoit. this one, but, but this one is yeah. not Ryan. This one is Benoit St. Denis. Exactly. Uh, he, he's actually he's, French. So that's why he's, he's, Benoit, he's real right? deal French. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not this Ryan Benoit. Who's American with a, with a French name. So uh, you may remember him from getting his ass kicked last fight, um, which made, <laughs> him, made him pretty, uh, which gave him respect universally. Uh, so he's, he's back again. Finally, he didn't die. Um, thankfully lightweight fight. Uh, Benoit Saint Denis versus Nicholas Stolze. Stolze, is he German? Nicholas Stolze. Uh, yes, yes, he is. Okay, that's what I thought. All right, there's not uh, not a heck of a lot of Germans in the UFC at this point. All right, let's tell you about this fight. We got Green Mask Stolze versus God of War Saint Denis. All right, do Stolze first. Twelve and five, four knockouts, five submissions. He, he's been knocked out once. It's the only time he's been finished. He's 0-2 in the UFC. 
And that last fight was the fight where he got finished and knocked out in his last fight. Got knocked out. Used to fight at welterweight. He's got an inch of height, two inches reach on Saint Denis plus one thirty six. So Green Mass is going up against the God of War. God of War eight and one with one no contest, one knockout, seven submissions. So he's finished all of his fights. Uh, he's never been finished in a fight. Uh, his only loss came in that I can't even remember who he fought. See, I remember him. I don't remember who beat him though. Who beat who? Who beat who? who beat who? Uh, who beat Saint, Benoit, Saint Benoit yeah. Saint Denis? I'm sorry. Yes. You, I thought you changed pronouns there. No. So Benoit sorry. Saint Denis was beat by uh, the guy with three names there, ZDS. Um, right. Zaleski Dos Santos. Elijah right, Zaleski right, Dos right, Santos. Right, right. Yeah. See, it shows what kind of performance he put on that. I, I remember the loser, not the winner. All right. Um, like I said, eight and one, one no contest. Never been finished. He's finished all of his his opponents mostly via submission. Uh, he's all won the UFC. Used to fight at welterweight as well. Three years younger than Stolze. He lands twice as many strikes uh, based on that one fight. Uh, Graffin stats in his favor too, but based on one fight, minus one sixty-five. I will be going Saint Denis. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's a we're a fan of him around these parts. Yeah, and I will also say this too: the the easiest part about me going for Saint Denis here, because not only do I am I picking him, I also think he's a tremendous value at the number we're seeing. Uh, I, I think the thing about Stolza is like he is just a striker. Um, like he, he was a Muay Thai fighter before he was a, uh, MMA fighter. And the problem with him is like, I don't think the rest of his game has evolved very well. I actually picked, I don't know if you remember this. I picked Benoit Saint-Denis to beat Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos in that fight. And it was one of those times where I just underestimated how hard it was going to be for a guy to go up a weight class and on short notice, because that's what he was doing. He was going up a weight class on short yeah. notice to fight Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos, who's, you know, a pretty damn good striker. I think back down a weight class, I think you're going to see some really awesome things he does. He works well out of the clinch. He takes people down well. And, and I think fighting a guy like Stolza, who, who doesn't really pose a threat other than the big hands, it's going to be such a nightmare for him. Because as we saw, St. Denis can take a punch. <laughs> yes, he can. He can take a punch very well because even after all of that brutal beat down that he took from Zaleski Dos Santos that was a standing TKO if I'm remembering correctly so I, I don't think Stoltz has got what it takes to put this dude out and I think Benoit St. Denis is just going to keep coming until he gets enough ground control or, or even a submission here no it wasn't even that he's never been finished it was a he went to the decision he made oh, it oh am, am I confusing <laughs> him with uh the other dude who took a beat down like a week before um who's now fired Chris Mutino <laughs> perhaps who's now been yes. finished twice on the feet and then got yes. fired yeah no he's not been finished so yeah good luck um all the power uh, to the green mass trying to finish him so we're on track again um everything's linking up with their picks Benoit St. Denis pick featherweights David Jackson versus Daniel Art I you said it's Argueta? Argueta. It's Argueta. 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 Why is he the determined, Dan? I think because maybe he's determined. Oh, really? I forgot to write <laughs> down, uh, forgot to type down odds for this fight. Let me um, grab some odds quickly. So we got the determined versus the leech, Damon Jackson, and his um, his career resurgence uh, continues. All right, let's tell you about the newcomer first. Argueta. Argueta, the determined. Maybe it's lost in translation. Where's he from? Uh, I, I mean, he's from like California or something like that. If I remember oh, from the Ultimate Fighter, right? But like, I believe oh. he's uh, of I want to say Mexican descent. Right, boring. Another another American with a name that makes you think he's not. All right, I'm gonna grab some odds right this second, and then I will gonna give you a breakdown. I don't know why I didn't put odds for this one, but I'm assuming Jackson's gonna be the favorite here. He's a um, massive favorite. Oh, is he? <laughs> well, let's see. Let's see what. Actually, they don't. I didn't say that out loud. They don't. Um, 
they don't sponsor the podcast portion. All right. David Jackson minus 500. Yes. Uh, then we got plus three. All right. Um, sorry, folks. I'm doing this on the fly, apparently. Um, let's tell you about the determined first, the newcomer. He's 8 0, two knockouts, four submissions. He's, this is his short notice debut. He just fought in the May the 6th. Uh, he was the LFA champion. Or is he currently? I think he just won, right? LFA yeah, he just had to, had to vacate the title to take this fight. But yes. LFA is nothing but vacated titles, right? Um, I mean, like, <laughs> I, occasionally they get defended, but but it's pretty rare. Yeah, it is. You won the title there, you get called up. All right. Um, used to fight at Bantamweight, is that correct? Oh, yeah, this is at Featherweight. Used to fight at Bantamweight. 0-1 in the Ultimate Fight. That's where Dan knows him from, apparently. He's five years younger than Damon Jackson, plus 380, as I just told you. All right, Damon Jackson, Jackson, the leech. 24-1 with one no contest. Three knockouts, 15 submissions. He has been knocked out three times, submitted once. He's gone three, two, and one with one no contest over two stints in the UFC. However, the last stint, this current stint, he's gone two, uh, one, two straight, and three of the last four. Won his last fight via submission. He went 0 1 in PFL, 2 0 in Bellator. Used to fight at lightweight. So we had a lightweight, former lightweight versus a former bantamweight. Made his debut in 2012. He was the legacy champ before, I think he was LFA champ as well, um, before they turned their name into. LFA. Uh, he's five inches taller, three inches of reach over our Guetta minus 500. I'll be taking the leech. He's uh, nothing but impress. Yeah, you're, you're going to keep going with that soft G in Argeta too, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Argeta. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll never say his name again because he's going to lose. Um, yeah, so like, first of all, I, I really like Daniel Argeta. I, I think he's Geta. got a lot of potential. I, I think my big issue here in fighting somebody like Damon Jackson is when you, you draw the analog to who he lost to on the ultimate fighter, which was not all that long ago. And that's Ricky Tercios who granted is, is pretty darn good in his own right. And we're going to see a lot more from him hopefully. But the problem is, is that Ricky Tercios was able to out grapple Daniel Argueta. Now Daniel Argueta is going to go up a weight class on short notice and fight a guy who's arguably you know, tougher to beat on the ground than even Ricky Tercios is. So yeah, no, I, I, I think Damon Jackson's an easy pick here. Also, like if you had just gotten in on this line when it first opened, um, you would have been in a lot better place because uh, this actually opened at like negative 220 and Damon Jackson has just been bet through the roof. Yeah, well, it's rightfully so. He's he's looked fantastic um, over this stint. And just for the record, Dan lets his other uh, co-hosts butcher any name they want, even <laughs> Mofsor Evolev, and he, he doesn't say boo, but I, I say a hard G, and it's you know he's all over me. So that's hey. because the fans of this show enjoy when I I point out how bad you say the name. All right, sure. <laughs> Let's see how I do here. Uh, this one's pretty easy. Uh, lightweights, Alex da Silva Coelho. He just goes by De Silva, though, officially in the UFC, I believe, versus Joe Selecki at a lightweight uh, 155 fight. De Silva, nickname's Leco. He is 21 and 3, 13 knockouts, 7 submissions. So he's a finisher. Uh, he's been submitted once himself. He's 1 and 2 in the UFC. He's gotten loss, win, loss over his career. He's not fought since September of 2020. Do you know the story behind that? I don't actually. Uh, I have no idea why Alex Silva has been out that long. Uh, mm -hmm. It is definitely a mystery. I mean, like you can always kind of draw the conclusion that, like you know, they had a little bit of trouble with the, the like Brazilian visas for a while, but like that's yeah. just pure speculation. That's what this is, podcast is all about: speculation and rumors. All right. Um, ba -ba -ba -bum. Used to fight at featherweight. He's got three inches of reach over Selecki's three years younger, plus 140. Right, Joe Selecki, this is the gentleman who was on the Top Turtle podcast I just listened to today, correct? Correct, yes. Yes, very nice man. Very uh, very inspirational speaker. 
um, yeah, has good he, good outlook he's, on things. He's great on the mic, always. Yes. Yeah, yes. very very calm. Doesn't let me uh, fill any of the air. He he takes it himself, which I appreciate. Yep. That's what I'm all about. I take all the air on you, Dan. That's why you <laughs> you keep talking. Anytime I give you a chance, you talk all you can. So, all right, I'm going to tell you about Selecki. 11-3, one knockout, seven submissions. He's been knocked out once. He's three and one in the UFC. He won his first three and then lost his last fight. Uh, but he's a changed man because of that. Just listen to the podcast. Uh, one and zero in the Contender Series. He's inch taller than De Silva. Striking and active striking stats in his favor and grappling stats in his favor. Minus one seventy. We'll let you go. I'm going to take Joe Selecki here, and this is another spot I really like too. Um, you know, like Alex De Silva is a guy who in the past has kind of relied on a lot of his grappling and his takedown abilities. Like if you go back and look at his his fights. Like he really um, tried to control a lot of the fight with Kazula Vargas, um, which ultimately won him the fight. He scored three takedowns and pretty much held Kazula Vargas down to the end of every single round. Um, but if you watch what he did against Brad Riddell, like he got a couple of takedowns here or there, but really didn't have any serious control. Um, cost him the fight. Same if you go back to his debut, um, you know, like failed a little bit on the takedowns had to press the guy against the cage wounds up getting headlocked uh which really weird finish in that fight too so like he hasn't looked great in the grappling exchanges but he still is relying on the grappling which is a nightmare against joe selecki joe selecki's a guy who just went two and one at abu dhabi trials you know he, he grappled with jim miller uh in sort of surprising fashion he he controlled jim miller for almost 10 minutes of a fight so you know, I, I don't give a lot of hope to Alex De Silva um, surviving grappling exchanges when uh, Jim Miller uh, was just hanging on. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Joe Slecky here, and I feel pretty darn good about it, too. You sound like you know a lot about this guy for some reason. Yeah, it does seem like it. <sighs> All right. Oh, boy, this fight. This is one of those fights, Dan, coming up. I'm like, what? It's, I have to pick, have to pick you know, here. You know, sometimes you say this is one of those fights where I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to pick either person. And then exactly. I usually tell you like, oh, come on. And then I give you my pick. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Yep. In this fight. <laughs> Let's, uh, I'll tell I'll, I'll break it down and then you'll, you'll hear why. If you don't know already people, women's strawweight, Felice Herrick versus Carolina Kowakovic. Kowakovic. I haven't said her name <laughs> so long. Kowakovic. I remember I butchered it before uh, years ago because she hasn't fought forever. And you made fun of me. She's the uh, Polish princess. She's fighting against. Do you, against want, do you me. want me to give it to you, or do you want to? Oh, fine. Go ahead, Mister Polish. Ko- Ko- Kovalkiewicz. Kovalkiewicz, <laughs> right? How do I? Forget? And I said to you, oh, my son had a kindergarten teacher with a name like that, and I remember my excuse and everything. But yeah, anyhow, she's back, everybody. Both these ladies are back. Um, let's tell you about um, who am I talking? Double K first, Polish princess. Double P, double K, Kovalkiewicz, Kovalkiewicz, Kovalkiewicz. I remember how to say it now, badly, poorly. All right. Um, she's 12 and seven, one knockout, two submissions, been knocked out once, submitted twice, five and seven in the UFC. Um, she's lost five straight fights. Her last fight via submission. Um, you starting to hear why we don't want to pick someone here. She's not fought since August of 2021. She's not won a fight since April of 2018. Um, she, yeah, she fought double J Joanna champion for the belt way back when and lost that fight. However, she was the KSW champ back in the, Olden days. She also fought in Invicta, where she went one and Used to fight at flyweight. This one is actually this one. Is, yeah, this one's strawweight. Excuse me. Used to fight at flyweight. 2012 debut. One year younger than Herrig. Striking and active striking stats in her favor. 1.4 times more active, to be exact. Plus 104. 
All right, so that's not that great of a resume. Let's let's tell you see how little Bulldog's done recently. She's fourteen to nine, one knockout, four submissions. She's been submitted once. She's five and four in the UFC. She's lost three straight fights. Last one via submission. She hasn't fought since August of twenty twenty. Her last win, December of twenty seventeen. Uh, one and one in the Ultimate Fighter. Zero and one in Invicta. Three and zero in Bellator. Two thousand nine debut. She was a pro kickboxer. Inch high, inch reach. Grappling stats in her favor, minus one twenty five. So we got someone who has not won in almost five years and someone who's not won in four years. I guess I'll take, I guess I'll take Herrig just because I remember how bad Ovalkiewicz has looked recently. And I don't remember how bad Herrig has looked recently because it's been so long. So I guess I'll pick Herrig um, (laughs) with my, with my hundred dollar bet that I have to put on every fight. So Herrig, I guess is my pick. Do you know who the last person Carolina Kovalkiewicz B is? Hmm, I think we've done this and I already forget. Tell me, tell us. It's, it's Felice Herrick. <laughs> yes, we, you t- last. You told me last podcast, and I, I forgot already. I, okay, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna go with Kovalkiewicz in the rematch, mostly yeah, because right. I forgot about I, all about I, the rematch. Aspect. I mean, she won it in the first place. I'll also say this: like the level of competition for her is just it's better. You know, like yeah. we're we're talking about losses to you know. Jan Xiaonan and Jessica Andrade and like, yeah, there, there are some similar names in there. Like they both fought Michelle Waterson, but like I, I rate a, a loss to Jan Xiaonan and Jessica Andrade better than one to, to Virna Jandaroba, even though I, I do really like Virna Jandaroba. Um, I'll also say this too. If you look back at Felice Herrig's record, uh, she loses to pretty much anybody. And, and I mean this all the way back to when she started in the UFC. She loses to anybody she can't bully. Um, like she lost to... You know, I mentioned Kovalkiewicz. She lost to Virna Jandaroba, who you're not going to just, like, take down at will. But, she like, go back, and she also lost to, like, Paige Van Zandt, who just, you know, is, like, a physically strong woman. Uh, and Felice Herrick just, like, couldn't bully her. Now, she did bully somebody like Alexa Grasso down at strawweight because Alexa Grasso wasn't a super strong strawweight. Um, Justine Kish, who's somebody who's, you know, kind of a kickboxer and not much of a wrestler. And, like, Kaylin Curran and Lisa Ellis. And th- these are, like light women who are not particularly physically imposing at straw weight. So like, I think my worry for her, if I am going to have to like make a pick on this fight is like, I just don't think she's got the physical strength to like body up Kovalkiewicz, but like who the fuck knows at this point. <laughs> exactly. Super strong straw weight is a, is a good tongue twister. Um, Yeah. This is like, we have to pick someone because um, that's the name of our game. We have to pick a uh, hundred bucks in every fight minimum, all you people, but yeah, this is not a fun one to pick. Um, did I hear the loose dinosaurs again, Dan? Yeah. There's a couple of loose dinosaurs. Oh upstairs God, for gotta, me. Yeah. Right now. I was going to, I forgot to ask you how the dinosaurs. So your kids have not been caught by them yet. They're still, no, they're, they're, they're dinosaur hunters. I'm pretty sure. So. <laughs> okay, good. Whew. That is a relief. Hopefully you don't get stuck, stuck in your sink. The dinosaurs that is not, not your children. So, all right, so that's the only fight we we differed on. Um, was the and heck, that, that one's a coin flip for either of us. So um, I had Kovalkiewicz uh, originally, and I'm like, nah, I, I'll take Herrick. Um, see, that, that shows you how much thought I put into that one. So all right, um, we're gonna jump into the main card in a second. First, Athletic Greens. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus aging all of those things and it costs you less than three three dollars a day you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit 
AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And when you're doing that, make sure you're using IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All right. Um, will the loser of the fight we just broke down, will, one, will they vanish, Dan? I don't know. Like, I, they should have by now, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we thought they did, but they came back. So who's to say? All right. Maybe we can get some dinosaurs to chase after them. That, that could be the answer. All right. Uh, main card, ESPN Plus, like I said. Um, light heavyweights, Alonzo Minifield versus Askar Mazherov. Um, There is a lot. He's new, no mercy. He's fighting against Atomic. I guess there's a lot of... Uh, debate over Mozherov's record. Um, uh, mostly it's filled with with cans, but then I think there's also debate over how many wins he actually has and losses and that type of thing. So I think this is what Tapology has. He's at 21 and 11, 13 knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out four times, submitted seven times. So all of his losses have come via finish. He's won three straight fights, all via finish. He's not fought MMA since November of 2020. This will be his UFC debut. He took this on short notice, but it's, oh, it's a bit more than a month so it's not one of my, it doesn't go down as one of my official short notice fights, but technically it is. Um, he used to fight at heavyweight, used to fight at middleweight. Now he's fighting right in the middle. Um, I don't know his reach because we don't have any reach info for him. He is three inches taller, though, than Menefield. He's seven years younger as well, plus 140. Uh, Alonzo Atomic Menefield, 11 3, eight knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once. It's four and three in the UFC. He's, however, he's won two of his last three. However, he's also won two of his last five. So uh, there you go. He's lost his last fight. He went 2-0 in the Contender Series. 1-0 in Bellator. Used to fight a heavyweight as well. Minus 170. Um, I will take Minifield, even though he can be very inconsistent and you don't know what you're going to get all the time. I don't think this guy he's fighting is UFC caliber, unless Dan has seen something amazing from him, because I'm sure Dan's seen most of his fights. So first of all, I, I think everybody should go read that piece on his uh, deception it, with his record. Uh, and and I can't believe I'm about to say this. It's on SureDog. Oh, um, no. Yeah. Really? Which, you know it's got to be good if, if I'm promoting it. Um, but like. Hey, give us a breakdown. Crazy. It, you know, the, the too long didn't read of all of this. The, the TDLR. <laughs> like, yeah. It is basically 
he has been, since he was like a new fighter, has been trying to manipulate his record in online databases so that he could get seen more often. Um, he like started with a bunch of like very easy submission losses um, and like looked terrible. I think he was like 0-4 or something. He's like, it's part of his like changed look too. Like now he's like huge and jacked and has tons of tattoos. And before he was not. Um, Is and he in, the guy, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Is he the guy who used to go by a different name too? I think he used to go, this... He's gone by four different names oh boy okay so yeah so like, sorry if i, it, it, if I uh, stomped on that on you no no but it's, it's all in like effort to like hide his record which by the way looks like a record of a dude the ufc would sign at the end of the day right like it, like tw- 21 and 11 doesn't seem like out of the question right like huggy yeah. bear Bar- Bar- barnett was like his records right around there too i believe so um this this is still a guy we would, we would sign in i'm gonna say this I hadn't seen a lot of him fighting. I had to look up some videos of him. He's so fucking fast. Like, he's incredibly fast for a dude really? of his size. Yeah, like, I-, I couldn't believe... I mean, he's got some, like, spinning back kick KOs. And, like... I, I mean, like, he is just... He moves like a welterweight or like a lightweight at light heavyweight. And it's part of why I'm going to pick him here, despite all Whoa. of the like, controversy around him. Like I'm getting plus money on a guy who's clearly got incredible KO power and is going to be a lot faster than Alonzo Menafield. Now I haven't seen him have to hold up cardio wise either, but like Menafield hasn't held up so well in those departments either. So like, I don't think that's going no. to be a distinct advantage, even if, Molzharov is not good in that department. Plus, like, I think this fight ends in a round. I'm going to be honest. Because, like, he's so fast. His defense is a little sloppy. He draws people into crazy exchanges. I I think it's done in a round, no matter who comes out on top here. Oh, crap. I don't like my pick. I was going to ask you, is he even going to make it to fight night? Or is the UFC going to be like, all right, um, we don't want you around. But it's funny. He's good. Maybe not. So I, I keep hearing that, too. But, like. I don't know that he's done anything to the UFC or he's done anything to make the UFC bad. Like we're talking about like six or seven years ago, he's trying to get like a couple of losses expunged on his record by sending weird emails to Tapology, who has no connection to the UFC at all. So like at the end of the day, does the UFC give two shits about that? No, sometimes the the records they show on the broadcast aren't even the same as the ones you see on Tapology. So uh, at the end of the day, I don't think they give a shit. Yeah, probably not. Um, I'm sure they don't um, sign people up based on, solely on the record anyhow. So I'm sure they've seen him fight. You would hope so. So if Dan has, I'm sure they have. So, all right. Well, I don't feel so good about that. But anyhow, let's, let's hope uh, I'm right. Because we've gone back-to-back fights where we've differed. Let's see if we differ here. Flyweights, Zurich Adeshev versus Ode Osborne. He was the other gentleman that was on your show this week. The Jamaican sensation Ode Osborne. Yeah, he's a lot of fun too. I've had him he on gave, a couple of times. He's a good yep. dude. He quit on the kids. He's no longer a teacher. He's, <laughs> he's being selfish now, he says, basically. That's my uh, Cole's note on that. Um, all right. Let's tell you about this fight that he's in this week. He's fighting against the Lion, Zuruk Adeshev. Four and three as a pro with two knockouts. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. He's one and two in the UFC. Won his last fight after dropping his first two. He's missed weight at Bantamweight before, and this is going to be at flyweight. He was 3-0 in Bellator, plus 150. The Jamaican sensation is 10-4 and with one no contest. Four knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. He's gone 2-2 two two in the UFC. Loss win, loss win is how it's gone for him. He's fought at featherweight and at bantamweight. Uh, he's 1-0 on the contender series. He's two inches taller than Adeshev, eight inches reach on him. 1.3 times more active landing strikes. Grappling stats in his favor as well, minus 180. Are we on the same page again? 
Uh, I think, is it my turn to pick? It is your turn. Yeah, I'm going to take O'Day. Um, Yes, we're on the same page. I'm going to pick O'Day. I love the reach advantage here. Um, Adeshev is a guy who comes from a kickboxing background. I think he is going to try to stand and bang with O'Day, who I think the reach is just going to play up enough here. But also I would say this, like if it doesn't play up enough, O'Day Osborne made a college wrestling team. Like, and granted, that's not, you know, that, that, that's not saying that he's a world-class wrestler or is even going to be a great MMA wrestler, but like he's fighting a kickboxer. So he's got that tool in his back pocket. If he absolutely needs it. Yeah. Like I, I like O'Day in this one. Yep. For sure. O'Day, like I said, eight inches reach in what's probably going to be a kickboxing fight. And he, he lands more, far more often than, uh, than his opponents. So yes, Osborne is the pick. All right. Uh, women's flyweights, Pollyanna Botello versus Karina Silva, killer Silva, um, versus Botello. We'll tell you about Botello first, eight and four, six knockouts. She's been submitted once, three and three in the UFC. She's lost two straight, won one of her last four. She's not fought since last May, May of 2021. Used to fight at strawweight. This one is at flyweight. Um, was a regional champ. Three inches taller than Silva, striking and active striking stats in her favor, plus grappling stats, but it's based off of one fight uh, for Silva. Plus 100, even money for Botello. Killer Silva, 14 of four, nine knockouts, five submissions, so she finished all of her opponents. Uh, she's been knocked at once, submitted twice. This is her UFC debut. She won on the Contender Series via submission to get into the big show. Used to fight at Bantamweight. Sorry, she used to fight uh, up a weight class. Uh, up to, she used to fight at Bantamweight, right? Yeah, that's what I have here. Wow. And now she's at strawweight. Is that right, Dan? This one, this one's at flight. Oh, I'm flyweight, sorry. This one's flight. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. She's got really big, big arms. So I can believe that she was a featherweight at some point. Five years younger than Botello, minus one twenty. I would take Silva. I remember her from the Contender Series. I think she lives up to her nickname, uh, considering she's finished all of her opponents. So let's um, let's pick her and see if we got ourselves another yet another uh, women's flyweight prospect. Yeah, I actually, so I wasn't thrilled about her as a prospect off of the Contender Series. I don't know if you remember. I actually took the uh, the Chinese girl she was fighting. I'm yeah, sure I remember that name. Now, yeah. Yang, Yang Kuihi, or Kuihui, yes. if, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, I, I took her because I thought the wrestling would play up. Because I, I'm going to be honest, Kareem Silva's defensive wrestling, not great. Um, and, and that's what kind of stops me from being like, oh, she's going to be great in this division. Because if you look at the women who are right on yeah. the precipice of like the top 15 here, we're talking about, you know, the Aaron Blanchfields and the Miranda Mavericks and the even the fucking Macy Barbers. <laughs> and like you, you we almost, almost made it through a whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. But like even her, though, is going to give Kareem Silva, I think, trouble with her wrestling. So but that being said, uh, Poliana Botelho's wrestling is awful. Um, it's not good at all. And she gets subbed really easy. And I'll say this, Kareem Silva, not a great offensive wrestler, or uh, offensive wrestler, not a great defensive wrestler, great grappler, great jujitsu. Like her, where she pulls arm bars out of really, truly impressive. Like, um, it, it wasn't her, it wasn't against Quihi. Cause I think in that one, she got a guillotine if I'm not mistaken, yeah, but like, she did. um, yeah, before that she had fought on the regional circuit in a fight I had seen and her, like her arm bar seemingly comes out of nowhere. It's very quick, comes on super fast. Um, so like if, if this hits the ground at all, I like Kareem Silva to get the finish. All right. We're on the same page there for the killer. Uh, Kareem Silva. All right. Up to featherweights and over to the men's side. Michael Trezano versus Lucas Almeida. Um, Trezano is the lone wolf, so I assume no one will will be in his corner uh, come Saturday, correct? I I assume, yeah, he has to. Otherwise, he's he's a liar, so it's one or the other. Don't want to be a liar. Um, 
All right. Almeida, 13-1, eight knockouts, four submissions. Never been finished in a fight. This will be his UFC debut. He lost on the Contender Series. Who do you lose to? Do you remember? Trezano lost to... No, not I don't Trezano. Remember. Oh, no. Uh, Lucas Almeida, Almeida lost to um, uh, the, the Daniel Zellhuber, maybe? Okay. Maybe sure. Daniel Zellhuber. I, I like to put you on the spot, and we'll, we'll say he came through. Um, what can I tell you about him? He won his last fight via submission. He, based on his contender, it was fight, Daniel Zellhuber. There was you Daniel. go. Dan's right, of course. <laughs> the, the intern says Dan is right. Um, is the intern running the Twitter account too? Oh, yeah, I Basically, put him on yeah. most things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's 1.8 times more active based off of his one uh, fight on the contender series, plus 195. The Lone Wolf, nine and two, two knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted once. Three and two in the UFC. He's gotten loss, win, loss over his last three. He went 2 0 and won the Ultimate Fighter. So he's a hero of dance. Used to fight at lightweight. He's got multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. One no in Bellator. Striking and grappling stats in his favor. Very small sample size, though. Uh, minus two forty. Uh, my your turn. I did the last I'm, one. I'm gonna take Almeida in this one. Wow. Okay, we're different yeah, again. And, and I'm gonna take. Uh, you know, this is. I, I know I've taken a couple of pretty big dogs in this card already, but like. Here's the problem I have with Trezano is like, I'm not particularly impressed with what he does in the feet. And it's not like he has like a backup plan. You know, like he, he it's not like he's going to go to the wrestling here. And like, if, if we go back to the early part of his career, we're talking about split decisions, wins over Joe Gianetti, who the UFC immediately fired after. Cause it was such a lackluster fight. And, and he threw like, I don't know, like 12 total strikes in that fight. And it was enough to beat Gianetti. But again, it was just by split. And then a split win over Luis Bob Ross Pena, uh, who is not particularly good either. So, like, I mean, like, he's he's going into striking matches and doing enough, but he's going to fight a guy who's a freaking wild animal in there. Like, Lucas Almeida just freaking gets after it. Um, he throws super wildly. And all of his finishes come from, like, you know, just being, like, wild man in there like the the he, after he didn't win on contender series he immediately went to jungle fight I, I caught his fight recently on that um where he just like pressured the guy into like you know shooting a wild takedown and he just jumped on the guillotine he, it turns out he's got a great guillotine i've seen a fight with him in the past where he like you know blitzed the guy with a flying knee in the third round and knocked that dude out like he he just is like gets after it and part of the biggest problem i always have with trezano is a lot of times it just doesn't look like he wants to be in the fight um and i think this kind of fighter is going to cause him a lot of problems yeah i don't have a good feel for this one but i'll stick with my pick but Especially if it comes through. So, all right. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Uh, um, but I put that caveat on there that I don't have a good feel for it. All right. Featherweights. Call me in a minute. Dan Ige versus Movsar Avalov. We're going to differ on this one. Because Dan's crazy with the underdogs. Big underdogs this week. As as a fan said, Dan's too underdog crazy. So anyhow, Ige, 50K, um, which is his new nickname, which we don't approve of, right? I can't remember what his other nickname was that we did approve of. I mean, he actually had two. He was... Uh second he was dynamite dan ige which i didn't hate uh but if you go even before that back when he was on the regional scene he used to be the danimal dan ige yes <laughs> yeah that's why i remember now that's why i approve of it I yeah it's it a way way better nickname way better than than trying to get yourself a, a fifty thousand dollar um bonus by making your nickname 50k um Anyhow, we'll tell you about him first. 15 and 5, four knockouts, five submissions, seven and four in the UFC. He's lost two straight, and he's only won one of his last four. 
One no in the contender series, plus 290. Evolab, 15 and 0, three knockouts, four submissions, five and 0 in the UFC. Used to fight at Bantamweight, was the M1 champ. Got into reach three years younger than Ige. Striking and active striking stats in his favor, grappling in his favor, minus 400. I obviously am going to take the the big favorite here because we've had four plus 290 or higher people come through this year. One of those was the Mike Jackson um, disqualification fight. And Evlov's very good. Um, he's probably better than Ige. Well, I'm not going to say it every aspect because then Dan's going to get all that mad. But anyhow, I'm going to pick Evlov and Dan's going to tell you why I'm wrong. So you're definitely wrong about him being better in every aspect. Danny is a much better striker than most. <laughs> That's why I stopped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's you, you can say that you think his grappling is going to hold up well enough and he's going to just floor Danny Gay enough times to, to win a decision here. But that's really his only option, in my opinion. Like, Movsar Evloev, not a finisher, right? Like, as you pointed out in, in running down that list of wins, you know, like, it's decision win, decision win, decision win, decision win, decision win, decision win, until you get back to M1 Global, where he was fighting guys quite a bit easier. Although, you know, he did beat Sergey Morozov in there, who's a, a you know, UFC lever, level caliber opponent. But, like, if you go back and you look at the only decision he had that wasn't a unanimous decision, it was a split to Nick Lentz. Uh, and when you think about the style of Nick Lentz that gave Movsar Evloev trouble, it's that he grapples well, he sprawls well, he has his own wrestling in his own right. And, you know, is it wrong to say Nick Lentz might have been a better striker in that fight? It, I don't know that it is. Um, so, like, I think Danny Gay does all of those things better than Nick Lentz. And... Sure. If, if this was a, a gun to my head pick, would I maybe pick Mozart Evlev? Maybe. But if I've got $100 on this fight and I got my whatever place I want to put it, I'm putting it on Danny Gay. I think he's a tremendous value at that price. What, what was the official number you gave me on that uh, one? I'm giving you him for plus 290, but it's going to be worth $0 for you. But you can have it plus 2900 if you want. I'm going to hold you to that. And then, All right, well, then when you're behind in the scores next week, uh, <laughs> you, I'm going to tell yep. you it's because you gave me an extra couple zeros. <laughs> exactly. We, um, we haven't done the gun to the head for a while, Dan, you pulled the gun back out this week. Yeah, I, I, been... I had to, this, this one is particularly one of those where I think like there's, there's so much value on the Danny gay side that like you have to dig it out. But like, man, like it, it is, a, I think a coin flip fight. Well, there we go. It's, um, will Andre Perth Trotsky lightning strike twice for Dan? We shall see. Um, he would he would be the fourth member of the the oh yeah the 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 Rushmore. four horsemen of the of yep. the underdog Mount Rushmore. Let's That's see how many right. groups of four we can we can shoehorn into one. <laughs> Dan's got Petrosky, GM three in who's the third one? Damn, who is the third one? Um, the the girl uh, the Mexican girl with the neck oh tattoo. the one who beat uh, Cheyenne Blismas um back when she was still Cheyenne Bays why is why why am I drawing a blank on her name you're turning now? into me right Dan oh, finally after forty seven episodes you're turning into me um you know who I can picture her she yeah got, I, well Montserrat Ruiz Montserrat, Montserrat Ruiz yes, yeah 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 yep 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 all right and now, um, and now the Danimal Danny <laughs> oh already. He's already saying it's it's a set in stone. So everyone get out there and put put all your money on that. Um, all right, main event heavyweights Alexander Volkov versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Um, we got Drago versus Biggie Boy. Let's tell you about Biggie Boy Rosenstrike first. Twelve and three with eleven knockouts. He's been knocked out once, which is impressive. Uh, Fifteen heavyweight fights. He's already been knocked out once. Six and three in the UFC. 
However, he's gone loss, win, loss, win, loss over his last five. So he's two and three over his last five. He was a kickboxing champion before this. Made his MMA debut in 2012. Plus 125 come back on him. Um, Drago, Volkov, 34 and 10. 22 knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted three times. Eight and four in the UFC. He's gone loss, win, loss over his last three, including being submitted in his last fight. He was the M1 champ before this. He also was the Bellator champ where he was six and three. He made his pro debut in 2009 in MMA. He's five inches taller than Rosenstrike. Got two inches of reach on him. Striking stats in his favor. He's 1.7 times more active landing strikes. Grappling stats as well in his favor. Minus 150. Over to you. This is maybe my least favorite fight to call on this whole card. I'm, really? I'm yeah, it's heavyweights. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not just that it's heavyweights, but it's like you have a, a clearly more skilled heavyweight in Alexander Volkov. Like, I, I think he's clearly more skilled. He's got sharper striking. Uh, you know, like he actually throws a jab, uh, which is, a, yeah. Um, I mean, like, I don't know that he's a better grappler than Rosenstrike, but he's not a worse one. Um, like he's just overall technically better than Rosenstrike and he can put together a full 25 minute performance. Like, I think he could do that and, and win a decision. I think it would probably upset a lot of people that he's winning a decision in this fight. But like, I see that as a real path to victory for him here. He could also win 24 and a half of those minutes and get punched in the head once and lose. Um, because not only has Rosenstroik done that to Alistair Overeem, but also Volkov has gone into like the last minute of a fight with Derek Lewis that he was winning handedly and took the big punch and got knocked out. So like one guy has big punch out or knockout punches even late in the fight. The other guy has been hit by big knockout punches even late in the fight. So uh, that obviously gives me hesitation. But at the end of the day, I'm going to pick Volkov. He's the better fighter. I think he probably just puts together a more holistic performance here. And we see him stay out of trouble in the super dangerous exchanges. Holistic. We have not. I don't think that's been said on this on this show before. Dan. Like, <laughs> pull out a new word. Um, I'm also taking Volkov. Fairly same reasons. More well-rounded fighter as well. Um, plus, uh, Rosenstrike likes to fight at distance, and that's not going to work against a giant guy. Even though he only has two inches of reach, he's still. I'm sure his legs are uh, are much longer. So, and and he lands more strikes. So I think Volkov's just going to pick him off from the outside uh, for most of the fight, or that's what I'm hoping will happen. May not be the most exciting fight though. So Volkov is does, my pick. It doesn't as well. feel it doesn't feel like Volkov is going to get a KO here, right? No, no, probably not. Well, okay. he, yeah, Rosenberg doesn't get finished either. So I don't think Volkov's gonna be the one that finishes him at this I point. I mean, so. I mean, uh Francis did once with wind yeah. windmill punches, but like that that, doesn't count. That, yeah, it's an anomaly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He is an anomaly, definitely. All right. So that's it. We made it through 14 fights now, but we're not done, of course. We've got to give you our recommended plays that uh, Dan likes to brag about doing well on. So let's see if you can do well on it again this week, Dan. We'll let you uh, start things off. All right. So I'm going to kick it off with the one you already hate. I'm going to take Dynamite Danny Gay. Uh, oh and I'm going to I'm going to take 10 bucks on his money line. All right. 10 bucks, I guess, is OK. Egay plus 290, I said. All right. I am not going to take that. Um, I'm going to skip the heavyweight one because you never know what's going to happen there. Um, I like Oday Osborne. Minus one eighty is pretty good. So I'll take um let's start with just twenty bucks in Oday at minus one eighty money line. All right. And next I'm gonna go uh so I got I'm gonna do three more picks. Uh my okay. next one, I'm gonna take thirty bucks on the Joe Selecki money line. I, I like him here right. against Alex De Silva. 
what did I give you that at? That's a good line, actually. Minus, yeah, I may have to steal that one coming up. Minus 170 for that one. Um, very good line for Mr. I guess because he's coming off a loss, perhaps, and he has the top turtle stink on him as well. So maybe that's why. Um, now, do I want to bet the Herrick, call, <laughs> Herrick fight? No, I think I'll skip that. Um, I'm going to double, I'm going to copy you on the Selecki one. Um, I'm going to go 20 bucks on that one as well. So, um, as well as my other picks. So, 20 bucks Selecki minus 170. All right. And then my next one, I'm going to take Benoit St. Denis for 30 bucks. Um, wow. Yeah. I, I really like him in that Nicholas Stoltz fight. Um, I, I don't think there's any chance Stoltz knocks him out um, with the durability he's got. And I think the longer the fight goes, the more he builds up. So, yeah, I like St. Denis here uh, for 30 bucks. All right. I'm going to take 40 on Blanchfield. Um, just money line. I'm not going to get fancy props. Always screw me, screw me over. So let's just take our minus 600 and Aaron Blanchfield, 40 bucks on that. That's going to be my big well, play of the week. What was the St. Denis line you gave hey, me? Sorry, St. Denis was minus, it's a good one, minus 165. Okay, good. All right, so then I have 30 bucks left. I'm going to play mm-hmm. a prop to end here. Um, I'm going to take Askar Mozar off. Um, but really, yeah, not only am I going to take him, uh, I'm going to take him because I know for a fact that this fight should not go the distance. Um, yep. you know, it, it should be a knockout. So since I could get him, I think you, you quoted like negative 135 or negative one, or plus 135 plus 140. Plus 140. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm just going to up that to plus 175 with the KO. Uh, cause he ain't going to wow. get a submission. You're going to get a submission. You're just going to get an extra, like, you know, 35 on the juice. I wanted to look up what his submission line was, which, by the way, because he's so bad at submissions, it's plus 2,500. So, uh, yeah, it's like it's pretty much knocker out or nothing for Mozarov. All right. Uh, My last 20 bucks will go on El Jefe, Jeff Molino. uh, Money line minus 180. All right. Dan's got some... Risky picks again. I don't think he gets how this how this recommended plays work, but ten bucks Dan Ige money line, thirty bucks Joe Lucky money line, thirty bucks Benoit Saint Denis money line, thirty bucks Mozharov via KO. As for me, twenty bucks Ode Osborne money line, twenty bucks Joe Lucky money line, forty bucks Aaron Blanchfield money line, twenty bucks El Jefe Jeff Molina money line. Boom. Dan's going to give you a parlay now that may, you always get half these to to. Uh, Two fight parlay. So you can't get both um both of them though, it seems for some reason. Dan, I, I've gotten, two again I've gotten both of them. I've gotten both of them one time and it was a 14 <laughs> one, one, which one means time. if I hit one more, it's gonna pay off for the year. So keep tailing right. them. That's, uh, that's smart. Because I got an 11 to 1 for you one right now, again, with just right. two fights. So uh, one that almost snuck into my recommended plays uh this week is Alexander Volkov wins by decision. Uh which that's why I, you're I, asking me about that. Ah, yeah, okay. I, well, I, and I thought about using it in my recommended plays too, but I decided to stick with the Mozart off uh, by KO one because I think that one ends quick no matter what. Volkov by decision that was plus two twenty, uh, really? which is yeah, kind of surprising to me. Yeah. And, and again, why it almost snuck in there? Um, you know, obviously both guys could finish the fight, and it's heavyweights, and it's twenty five minutes, so like who knows? But like, if, if we're gonna throw together a big juicy uh, ten to one, or in this case eleven to one parlay, I like that one. And the other one I'm gonna pair with it is I, I mentioned it at the top of the show. Or we're, we're gonna do the first and the last fight. Aaron Blanchfield inside the distance. I don't even have to pick KO or TKO or KO or, or submission. Just her finish. getting it. Just her to get a finish is plus two sixty five. I'm seeing right now. Um, so, so when you pair those two together, you're getting about 11 to one, it's like 10, seven, five, um, to one, which is, 
you know, for two fights like that, that seem like those are reasonable outcomes. Uh, it seems like you could you could sort of walk yourself into that one. Very, you very well could. Okay, which fight's going to screw you over? Uh, of the two. Man, I, 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 I'm going to say this. I'm going to say Blanchfield gets it done inside the distance, uh, and then Volkov makes it 24 and a half minutes, and I lose this parlay with 30 oh, seconds. Oh, no. <laughs> Biggie Boy's going to knock him, it, and then we're, we're going to miss Biggie, our pick, too. It might be Biggie Boy or Volkov could finish him. That's the yeah, other that's annoying thing about it. <laughs> well, hopefully he does, because we picked him. If it's going to happen, hopefully it's him that, that does it. So there you go. Boys and girls, children of all ages, we got through the 14 fight card and um i think we've talked enough is there anything else we need to tell the people other than uh sgpn mma twitter is alive and kicking no no make sure you go follow uh sgpn mma on twitter uh because we're you you want to be one of the first people you want to be able to tell your grandkids about that exactly you can you're on the ground floor 27 followers now dude it's going up look at that it was 26 Just last time I checked. while recording <laughs> and while recording people people could tell People could tell that um, that we were talking about. It. All right, if you're on Twitter, may as well follow us as well. Jeff Fox, writer, would be me. He would be Gumby Vreeland. Um, you can listen to his podcast, Top Turtle MMA Podcast, this week. Ode Osborne, and why well, always blank? I want, I want to call him Jeff Molina every time. Joe Selecki, that's what he is. I have interviewed Jeff Molina. That's probably yes. why. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Um, and you can hear his co-host butcher people's names and Dan say nothing <laughs> about nothing about it. Um, and then I guess Prelim Primer must be back this week, right? It should be back this week, correct? It's sh- oh, it should be back this week. I, I've week. been having a hell of a time scheduling it, <laughs> and it's just one of those things that like falls through the crack more often than you know. I just love my SGPN family so much that I make True. sure that you guys are on the front burner. SGPN fam in the house. All right, um, read our stuff off. Also, obviously, gambling podcast, sports gambling podcast dot com is where we cover all, every sport. They even have a C- we even have a CFL podcast, speaking of every sport. So I'm, I'm Canadian. And I don't watch CFL, but apparently the Americans are into CFL. Who's to, who's to figure and guess? Do you watch CFL, Dan? I, I do not. But have you ever uh, watched CFL? No, I, I mean, I watch football, but I, yeah. I don't know. That's, uh, that, that's not for me. So, yeah. you know, good, good, for, good for those people who do. But, uh, yeah. but like, it, it doesn't really matter what you're into. There's something everything. for you at SGPN. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. For your ears and for your peepers, if you go to our website. Um, if you want to read MMA uh, exclusive stuff, my newsletter, or you can use it as a website if you rather, uh, moneymma.substack.com. Uh, got the Pick'em Contest going again this week. You win $50 gift card to anywhere you want if you win that there contest. So at the very least, subscribe and get into the contest. So. Um, I think I plugged everything we need to plug. Well, that might be a title. Plugged everything we need to plug. Um, we'll see. Dan has been very good at uh, putting all titles in the emails that he sends me with the file for the episode. So he's actually pulling his weight finally on this podcast, So, which is good to hear. All right. You want to take us home? Sure. I'm uh, Daniel Gumby Freeland. He's the Danimal, Jeff Fox. Yes. We will see you on Sunday. 